0: Well, good morning, everyone. It is so awesome to be able to be here with you today to celebrate uh, Jesus. And again, we are just excited about being able to do belong together because I believe that belonging in church community is one of our greatest privileges that God has blessed us with. And so we're going to talk again today about why this is important and why we should do that. And just a, a little information the email address that you can send things to is info at eastsidecitychurch.ca. That's kind of our coverall uh, that you can send those to, and so that will be where you can, can do that. Um, but what is the Belong series? Why are we doing it, or what is it about? And our, kind of our tagline with it is growing and thriving through local church community. Um, as I've shared in the past couple of weeks, I believe in church community. And I think God believes in it as well. Uh, church community, when we talk about this, we need to understand right off the top here today that it's not an organization or just a special club. It's not a building that we go to. You know, a lot of times people, when they think about church or they talk about church, get all sorts of funny ideas about, well, okay, is there special membership things that you have to do, handshakes that you have? or, or it's, it's not about... A special club that you're about part of. It's really, as we know this, it's a gathering of people who have committed their lives together, centered around Jesus. I believe this that experiencing your best life comes from belonging to Jesus and doing life together with other believers in Christian community or what we call the church. We have to remember this. That 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 I or I or I want to emphasize this that I that people need church now more than ever. Amen. Even if they don't realize it, one of the things that has been attacked in our world in the last few years is community, being together, especially the church, and we need to understand that church community is not man's idea. It's not my idea. It's not me sitting up here going, well, we just need to become a bigger group of people for the sake of numbers and giving and all of that stuff. But it's God's idea. It's his plan for reaching the world around us. In fact, the Bible talks about that when Jesus returns, he's coming for what? His church. His church, his bride. He calls us spotless and without wrinkle. And and, and I want to say this because I think this is a little bit uh, something we don't think about. I know a lot of people are like, man, it's getting really bad out there or, or people aren't getting along very well. We just need Jesus to come back and save us. And here's what I want you to know, that Jesus will not come back until the church is what it's supposed to be. Spotless, without wrinkle, Walking together in unity, displaying the power of God. Just something to think about for a minute. And that's not easy. Why? Because the church is made of people, and I know this, I'm your pastor, I'm your leader. We are not perfect. I'm not perfect, but God perfects us as we walk in relationship together. See, the Bible was written to people through the context or the lens of church community. That's why we have the, uh, uh, the epistles of Philippians, Ephesians, Galatians. I could go on Corinthians. These were not just uh, 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 nice names. These were churches that had been established. And so when Paul was writing the word of God through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what he was saying was the way that God relates to us is not just as individuals, but as people and how we relate to one another in church community, which is counter um, culture to the, or counter a uh, philosophy to the of, of the philosophy of this age that basically says, I can live the way that I want to. It doesn't matter what I do, as long as I'm not hurting anybody, you got you should leave me alone. That's not what that's not the spirit of God. God says, I want you to walk in community with people. We were never meant to live as islands to ourselves, but we were designed for relationships. So that is why we are doing belong. Belong is really getting to know who we are as a church. And so what is the belong track? It's, it consists of four simple but a, 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 um, essential steps for growth and relationship. It's, the first one is follow, the second one is connect, the third is discover, and the fourth is serve. We've already talked about a couple weeks ago, what is follow? We believe that follow is that we follow Jesus, that the thing that brings all of us together is this person named Jesus the Son of God. Jesus is the pillar who unites us and the cornerstones that we, the, that we build our lives upon. It doesn't matter where we come from. It doesn't matter whether we have lots of money or we don't have a lot of money. It doesn't matter the things that we've experienced in our life. That comes together, that builds our community, but we center it around Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. But then we're called to connect not only with God, but we connect with each other. And so we talked last week about Connections, our history, our story. And if you didn't hear that, I want to encourage you go back, go back and listen to those messages on YouTube. You'll be blessed. It will encourage you right at our website at eastsidecitychurch.ca. Well, today I want to talk about discover. What are we called to discover? I believe that God wants us to know and walk in and function in our gifts and our talents that He's given us and how they are needed so much in the church community. You see, God has blessed each one of us with abilities and talents. You see, it's important for us to understand that each and every one of us was created with great purpose, that God designed us with intentionality and, and, and with, uh, with a purpose and honor. I want to read to you what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says this, for we are God's masterpiece. Think about that. We're not just some random thing. We're God's masterpiece. He he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that He planned for us long ago. So, not only are we God's masterpiece, but the Bible says that He created us so that we could do something, that we could be something that He created in us a long time ago. Well, what what, what has He called us to do? I believe this each of us were created with a unique personality. We have certain gifts and talents and abilities, and through the Holy Spirit, we also have spiritual gifts waiting to be discovered and released. When I was in grade nine, I was asked to sing in the high school choir. Hallelujah. But the reason for joining for me was not because I had this great musical desire or ambition, nor did I particularly enjoy performing in front of large audiences. It was a simple math formula for me. In the choir there were 15 girls and only three guys. (laughs) Me included. Now I may have been young, but I wasn't dumb. And I knew this that this this was an audition for new friendships (laughs) and maybe even a future relationship. Now the crazy reality was this when I was in grade nine I was five foot six and I weighed 100 pounds, dripping wet. You know, that was, that's what I was. And not only did I sing tenor, and I, th- this was kind of a little bit embarrassing, but because my voice hadn't changed yet, uh, they recruited me to sing some of the soprano parts to help out with that section. Yeah, I know, not very fi- flattering. Well, I said my voice hadn't changed yet. Well, that was not until the fall concert. I still remember that day like it was yesterday. It was either the second or third song of the concert. The song's title was Love in Any Language. And for that, I had a soprano part in the chorus. Everything in the concert was great up to that point. In fact, the whole team was, was right where they needed to be. I mean, the audience was being mesmerized by our performance. That was, in, that was until we came to the chorus. In that moment, nature intervened in my life. And as we hit the chorus, my voice cracked in the shrillest and most unmelodic way. And there was nowhere to hide between the laughter of the audience and the piercing looks of my choir mates. It was hum- humbling if not humiliating in that moment, and it was the end of my public singing career. <laughs> in Romans chapter 12 verse 6, Paul writes this: To the church, he says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them in proportion to our faith. Each of us has been given gifts by God. Can I hear an amen? Amen. He's given us gifts and talents and abilities. And fortunately for you, I discovered that at an early age, singing was not one of my better gifts or talents. Now, I can sing, but it's not what I do for, to, to make money. Thank you, Jesus. But here's what else the Bible says, that the gift mix that each one of us has is unique and tailored to us as individuals, that God supplies us, that he gives us these talents and abilities and these spiritual um, uh, uh, um, giftings that he has for us according to his grace. What does that mean? According to what he sees fit or what is needed. And they are used in accordance with our faith, the measure to which we believe or walk in them. You see, God can give you a great gift and a talent or an ability, but who here knows that it's our responsibility to develop those gifts and to grow in those gifts. In the movie Forrest Gump, the main character, who's seen the movie Forrest Gump? The main character Forrest makes this iconic statement, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. What is he saying? Many of the things that, we, that happen in our life are not of our choosing. Who here, you, know, you got to decide what family you were born into? Your brothers, your sisters, your parents. How many of you, please don't raise your hand. If you had a do-over, you might change a few of the members of your family. Okay? They're outside of our control. There are events that we face in life, things that happen to us, but in the same manner, the way that God designed us, created us with our looks, our personality, our abilities, and our talents, they are not things that we choose. But even though we do not get to choose our gifts or our abilities, we determine how they will be used. And we need to remember that. So here's my three points today. First of all, each of us has unique gifts and abilities. Why? Because we are a unique person created in the image of God. When God made you, he threw away the mold. Now I want to be careful here. Not because you were bad or defective. Not because you weren't, did not have value, but quite the opposite. Because he determined there would never ever in the history of the universe be another one like you. Your appearance, your personality, and even your talents and ability were given to you as gifts from above. Now some of your gifts might be a surprise to you, but most of us should know to a certain level what some of our things are. They're things that we are talented in or things that we do. Maybe some of you here today you know, you, you, you have some abilities when it comes to academics or, or knowledge. You know science or math. You're really gifted at it. Where others are creative in poetry and writing and, and music and, and drama and those things. Where maybe we have some individuals that are here today. You're really good with building things, fixing things. You can repair things. We have a lot of different talents and abilities. And I know this because I know God and I know people. Every one of us has something that we excel at. Now, God gives us, it says, special talents and abilities as he sees fit. And this gift mix is a unique assortment specially measured out to us, and it contains both practical and spiritual gifts. Now, as a follower of Jesus, not only does God give us the math and the science and the being able to tell jokes, and some people can make people laugh, But he gives us spiritual gifts as well. And these gifts are a little bit sometimes harder to discern or understand. Because they come through relationship with Jesus. They come from our ability to walk with the Holy Spirit. And here's what we need to understand. Our practical gifts though can become spiritual gifts when we allow God to use them. Well, what are these spiritual gifts? In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in verse 7, Paul gives us this list. And I love what he says in verse 7 right off the bat. He says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. We're going to come back to that here in a little bit. And it says, to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another, the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides what gift each person should have. And I say this today that I believe in some measure each one of us has one or more of these gifts that God has determined for us to use. So what does this mean? What what is he talking about? What are these gifts Well, it could be the word of knowledge where you're able to, by the Holy Spirit, discern without prior knowledge a specific detail about someone's uh, past or, or what they're going through in their present moment. Maybe you're out walking around and somehow you sense sometimes that God shows you things about people's lives, what they're going through. You might have the gift of the word of knowledge. Maybe you have the gift of prophecy the Bible talks about. Well, what's prophecy? It's very similar to the word of knowledge, except that now you're think, looking at things about what might happen in somebody's future. What's going, what God is going to do, maybe what he's gonna to reveal to them or, 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 or where they're gonna go with certain things in their life. You see, that would be a spiritual gift. Some people have this. We're a church that believes in prophecy and words of knowledge and those things. How about the word of wisdom? Well, what is the word of wisdom? How is that different? Well, who here's ever been in a situation where you couldn't figure out what to do next? where to go, how to maybe put something together, how to deal with the situation that just seemed impossible. Those people that are blessed with the word of wisdom can give a word that just kind of sets things in order. What is that next step? How do you work through these things? Bible talks about the gift of faith. Gift of faith. What is the gift of faith? It's believing, man, God can do great things, that God can do big things, and that's where we see situations, whether it is it can be miracles that need to be done. We'll talk about miracles in a minute, but nothing the, the is impossible with God. Maybe it's to see more people saved. Maybe it's to see a, a brand new building built, and you just listen to that, and you're just like, yeah, God, we can do that. Let's get together with that. I've got faith for that. How about the gift of healing? That's believing that God can heal people. Who here knows that we need, people need to be healed today? I'm believing that God's going to release more healing in people's lives. That some of you, God has given you this gift to lay hands on the, the sick, to pray for them, that their bodies can recover, cancer can be healed, diabetes can be removed, limbs can be restored. But you know what goes even much deeper than that? How about people that are struggling with mental depression and oppression? We can believe for healing for that as well. Or how about relationships, marriages that are broken? We need all sorts of healing. And I've seen this. Some people have gifts for certain parts of that, where others have g- gifts for e- other things. What about the gift of miracles? What is miracles? Well, isn't, that, isn't healing a miracle? Yes, it is. But I think miracles are things that defy science. What would be something that would defy science? Uh, somebody's stranded, their batteries completely dead, they don't have any gas in their car. You pray for them, all of a sudden the car starts, it begins to move. That's a miracle. We see it in the Bible. Maybe there's a, a storm at sea or somebody's out in a place and there's just horrible weather and you pray and God can lift that. That's a miracle. Why It defies science. Some of you, God, wants to release the gift of miracles. How about discerning of spirits? Sometimes we don't know whether people are coming at us with a spirit of goodness or there's something that's oppressing them or challenging them. People that have this gift usually have a sense of what's going on around them. They see people and they're like, man, something is off there. God, would you show me what it is? Oh, yeah, that person has some, is struggling with anger. Or maybe there's a, a suicidal spirit or something. When you have this gift, you begin to sense those things. And then God gives you the ability to pray that his spirit will come and touch them. Speaking in different tongues. Now, I, I've got to say this. I believe that this, is, this gifting is different than the personal gift of tongues that God gives to every believer to be able to pray uh, in their own spiritual language for themselves to build up their spirit. What do, how, what, what do I mean by that? Uh, I had a friend when I, when I was in high school who had a dream one night that God was putting words into his head. And he prayed, and, he, and, he, and he, he couldn't understand what it was. And he, he just had this dream, and he just saw words, these words he didn't understand were being put into his head. And when he woke up the next morning, he began to speak in a language that he later discovered was the uh, Filipino national language of Tagalog. He'd never been to the Philippines. I don't think he'd ever met a Filipino person in his life. And not only could he speak it, he could understand it. And God actually used him to be somebody that went and and ministered to people. And here's what was crazy about the language that he he had is that when he talked to people on the phone, they swore that he would grown up in the Philippines his whole life. Because I'd have Filipinos come up to him and say, "Um, you speak better than we do. It was a supernatural language that God gave for a specific purpose. But then we talk about this interpreting tongues. And I believe God also gives people the ability to interpret languages that maybe they don't understand or know both uh, uh, natively as well as heavenly tongues. These two last two gifts, gifts are some of the most misunderstood gifts in the church. You see, these are important, God says, for people to grow and to mature and to help people and to release people and for people to understand where God has called them to walk. What if you're not sure what your gifts are? How do you discover your gifts, both practically and spiritually? Well, I think sometimes it starts on the practical side, at least. What what do you enjoy doing? What are things that you spend your time with? You know, I I know that some people are good at art and painting. Not my gift, it might be your gift. But what do you spend your time doing? Would be a good sign of, here's something that I'm gifted at. Or you can ask God, God, would you begin to reveal to me more of what my gifts are? Lord, how, uh, what do I have there? Especially those spiritual gifts. Holy Spirit, would you begin to show me what my gift is? And you can go to people that you know, that you trust. People in your small group, friends, you can begin to say, well, what, what, what do you see in me? Do you ever hear me speak about this or talk about this? What do you think are things that, that um, I'm able to do? What, do you, what would you see as some of my gifts and talents? As well, we want to know that we have for anybody that wants that we have a, a, a spiritual and practical gifting questionnaire at our what's next table. And so you can grab that if you want. And here's what I want to let you know when it comes to this. These types of things are not definitive. I've had people that take the test and said, yep, found out I'm supposed to be a millionaire. All right. Good. All right. Well, how come I'm not a millionaire yet? Well, because we're gonna talk about that next here in a minute. Or maybe I'm called to be a pastor. Why, okay, so I need to be a pastor. Pastor Todd, you need to let me come in and start preaching on Sunday morning because I'm called to be a pastor. That's what my job is. Okay, that was a great questionnaire. We also now need to prove it and test these things, right? See, they're a guide and they're not infallible because things can change over time. Here's what my second point about our gifts are. As we begin to discover our gifts, we need to understand that our gifts need to be developed. One of the great fallacies for many believers that I've seen in the circles of church that I've grown up in is that they believe if God has given a gift, it should somehow happen without our involvement. Well, you know, uh, God's given me faith and I just, um, I don't feel faith right now. I don't know if God can heal sick people. I feel they, they're waiting, they sit and they're like, God, if you want to do this, you just do this. Or they believe because they've received a spiritual gift or or somebody's spoken that over them, that somehow the church or their leaders or other people should make it happen for them. You know, you 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 gotta you gotta do this for me, but that's not how it works, folks. Because no matter what it is that God gives us, we have to understand that we're responsible for growing and developing our gifts what if you were called to be a missionary to china and you're 10 years later you're like i I just i've got this gift of i'm supposed to be a missionary to china i can't understand why i'm not ministering in china yet and so i begin to ask you some questions well don't you think it would be important if you're going to be a missionary to china that maybe you start learning about china you start discovering where God's calling you in China. There's different regions in China. Maybe you, you start learning about the culture, the food, the language. Who thinks it might be important that you learn Chinese? And who here knows there's more than one Chinese language? Cantonese and Mandarin. I mean, uh, Dr. Moody, can, he, he knows this stuff. You see, if you're going to do something, you've got to begin to prepare yourself to do it. What does it take to travel to China? Do I need special visas, permits? God, what are you doing? So we partner with God, and he begins to release our gift. How about if you feel like you're called to teach the word of God? Or you believe you're called to be a preacher. Wouldn't it be important to begin to study the Bible? To begin to take courses on Bible training and, and learning the word of God and, and or maybe courses on public speaking so that you can become a good communicator and then begin to work in different small groups and other settings to begin to share things as God reveals it to you and you begin to learn things and you begin to grow and develop to develop. Who here thinks it would be crazy if I just let somebody come into the church who said, I got a word last night that God's called me to be a preacher. I'm supposed to preach this Sunday and I said, oh my goodness, brother, go ahead, just You speak. Everybody would think I'm crazy, but yet sometimes people believe that. Well, can't the Spirit do it? Yes, he could in moments, but he also wants us to develop our gifts. I say this: the Holy Spirit moves the best when we prepared ourselves for him to move. So our gifts gotta be developed. We have to understand that when we are talking about our gifts, that maybe we're in a place, there's a process, that our gifts go from being what I call dormant or underdeveloped. It could be a known or unknown gift, but it's, you're beginning to become aware of the gift. Some of you, God, has dormant gifts inside of you. You've known about it for a long time. You've thought about these things in your heart, but you haven't yet taken any steps to see them begin to grow and to develop. God is saying, I want you to take that next step to, so that it goes from dormant to my next step, which is called developing. Now that you're aware of the gift, you're beginning to understand it. You're beginning to spend time growing the gift through uh, personal connections or training opportunities. It might be And prayer meetings. If it's a spiritual gift like prophecy or words of faith or encouragement or preaching the word, you begin to come to small groups and you begin to you begin to exercise what's going on, and so you begin to develop your gift. And in time, if you do that, you'll become what I call distinguished. People begin to recognize, oh man, you need somebody to pray a prayer of faith. That 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 person over there, that lady has faith. Bring that person in. When they pray, you're going to see faith released into that situation. People in this category then begin to be released into larger gatherings and more significant places inside and outside of the church. And these people then begin to train other people and teach other people. Then we got people that are decided. They've been doing it for years and years and years. They're masters at their gift. They have a track record with both believers and unbelievers They could be industry leaders in business or things that people go to to be like, we wanna know what your opinion is because you've proven yourself over time. In the church, we call those offices of pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist, people that we recognize, man, they've been doing this for a long time and what they do has been proven out to be good and true. Whatever God has given you, our job is to develop it. So as you say this, practice, practice, practice. Whatever God has put in your heart, begin to practice it, grow and develop it. But I wanna finish with this today, that we also need to understand that our gifts are given to us to help other people. You see, the gifts that God blesses us with, they're not just to build our own platform or ministry. They're not to provide just our own income or our own financial situation if God has given you the ability to create wealth. Why God gives us these gifts, if I go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7, Paul says they're to help grow other people. They're to help benefit other people. You see, gifts are not only for our own benefit, but are necessary to help other people grow and to develop. Paul compares the uses of our gifts to the parts of the human body. Listen to what he says as we go farther down into 1 Corinthians 12. He says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts are made up of one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. And he begins to talk about where they came from, that some are Jews and some are Gentiles, some have been slaves while others are free, but he goes, we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot would say, I'm not part of the body because I'm not the hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would it make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts. And listen to this, God has put each part just where he wants it. God has given you something and he's placed you here and he's bringing you, brought you here to Eastside, to this church community. He's placed you in the job that you're working. Why? Because God says I've got things that I wanna use you to do. You've got gifts and talents and ability that need to be released to help other people. And here's what it says finally in verse 22. Verse 22. You should read this whole chapter this week if you get a chance. In verse 22 it says that in fact some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. I think there are some people here that you maybe looked at yourself. You've compared yourself to other people. You look at What some people do, whether it's in music or speaking or public ministry, and you're like, man, I wish I had that. I I don't have that. I guess I'm not just that important or valuable. And what the Bible says is every member, every part is important. In fact, those things many times that we say, we would say in our own minds, well, that's not very important. It's sometimes the most important. Some of you are called to intercessory prayer that nobody ever sees. Nobody ever knows, but yeah, you're moving and shaking and shaping things in the kingdom of God because it's your gift. Some of you just serve, you serve, you just, you get in here and you're, you just outserve people. You do all the things that need to be done. You make sure everything happens so that the other parts of ministry and life can go together. And yet it's so important because these other parts wouldn't happen without what you do. And yet God wants to release even more that there's spiritual gifts. And you're nervous and you're scared about it. See, I say this, the body needs all of its parts to function so that it can function at its fullest capacity. You can live without certain lives. You can go without a hand or a foot or a kidney. But here's the truth, it impairs you to move at your fullest capacity. And I see, I see the church, I see the body of Christ, I see Eastside at times, and I'm like, God, we need, where's our hand? Where's our, where's our foot? Where's that, where's that heart? Where is it at, Lord? God, you need to release it, we need it. You see, each one of us has incredible value and is needed for others to grow. And mature. See, people are dependent not only for you to grow your gifts, but to use them liberally in the Christian community for the benefit of everyone. And I just I've just heard the Holy Spirit gotta be careful not to despise our gifts. or to become jealous of other people's gifts, or here's the big one the Holy Spirit's just pushing at me, or demean people because of their gifts, especially when we don't understand them. God has the perfect gift mix right here. And he wants to use it for his purpose and his glory. There was a runner in the 70s. He was a, a collegiate runner, and I, he competed in the Olympics and I, I believe even won the marathon in one of the Olympics. And he was known as somebody that worked tirelessly to perfect his gift, yet he died at about 25 or 26 years old in a car wreck. His name was Steve... Prefontaine great American runner and he said this to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift I want to pray today because I believe that in this moment for some of you God wants to stir up some things inside of you. Some of you, God wants to begin to make you aware, God, where is my giftings? Lord, I pray right now by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, Father God, that today you would begin to be the revealer, the revealer, the revealer to people, Lord, of what their gifts are, both naturally and spiritually. I pray right now in this moment, there would be an acute awareness of our gifts, Right now, God's opening your eyes to see your gifts. For some of you, (laughs) some of you, Holy Spirit, saying it's time to brush them off. Brush them off. Revive them. Some of you said, Oh, I did that so long ago. But God's saying, Revive it, rebrush it off. It's time to use that gift. It's time to lead others and teach others how to use that gift.